Hi, this is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to Start the World. I'm here today, perhaps we should start with just a moment of silence because I'm here today with someone who is known around the world as, as Chad Jesus. And uh, of course, I'm talking about Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez. He's a fitness trainer. He's been a fitness trainer for 10 years. Uh, he's on Twitter at AJA underscore Cortez with an S, not a Z. And uh, he has, he's very well known on there. He's on Instagram at AJA underscore Cortez. And, uh, I, you know, I was, I, his stories are fantastic. I, 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 he's one of the people I watch on Instagram because it's just because he's funny. And uh, he gets all these bro-tarded questions and, and he answers them and has a lot of fun with guys. And uh, today, today, something that he said was, be Chad or go extinct. <laughs> and uh and so i i think let's let's start out with that because that's kind of new terminology for me uh, what does it mean to you to be chad all right that's a good question jack so yeah, the, the chad concept i i admit myself probably a year ago i had no idea what this was it's it's, it's one of those sort of like egregores it's come out the digital either where you know this 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 meme emerges and it's it's this meme of the chad and the Chad is the sort of almost like mythical, you know, Grecian, Byronic hero where he is the man that is six foot two, six foot five, whatever. And he is built and cut and he has been an alpha his whole life. And every Stacy and Shirley and Chelsea opens her legs for Chad and people love Chad. And he's the man where just him being him with no conscientious thought, he just moves the world. And it's all effortless and he never had to study or learn or anything how to be a man he just he just exists it's sort of like this almost uh like demigod like being he just is, exists as an entity um <laughs> so i i encountered this concept online a year ago because uh someone called me like oh you're like you're like chad jesus and it's like what what I, I actually asked my following what's a chad and i got back like 100 responses and there's whole you know things you don't know exist. there's whole forums on reddit dedicated to like talking about like the lore of chad um you know it's like you just go down the internet rabbit hole so i, I found the concept hysterical then you know some of our mutual friends uh you know anthony you know he started calling me he's like well you're, you're chad jesus so i was like well you know what this is on a very basic level this is phenomenal branding so i'm just gonna run with it and you know that, so that's become the thing the past year and the, the go chatter go extinct i mean you know on a certain level it's serious where okay if you want to be a man where you want to pass on your genetics and you want to you know, dominate life and impress your bros, bros and be alpha. Well, how do you do that? You got to be Chad. Or, you you know, you're your neck dead end. Extinction is your fate. Right. So Chad is like a masculine ideal. Do you, do you, did it come from like a movie or something? Like, why is it, why Chad? You know, I, I'm honestly not figuring that out. I, I've heard the same thing. It's like this one syllable name, Chad. Is it from like an 80s film with a, you know, the stereotypical jock bully? Like, I don't know actually that's that's a completely relevant question but it, it became a thing online you know, yeah. it's uh you know, it's chad and then uh i think it came out like the sad virgin meme well it is the actual the actual origin of it, i believe is the chad thundercock versus the sad virgin okay so that okay. it's just, it's just you'll see this online again like you go down like i'm not on reddit this is all stuff this crop stuff on twitter and you're like what the fuck is this right right yeah it's, it's all these it's it's, it's, it's that twisted mimetic culture it's a just juxtaposition where it shows Chad Thundercock and it's this cartoon character and he's this huge guy 
and he's got like a crotch bulge, you know, out to here, and he's got, you know, massive muscles and, you know, proud visage, and he's the Chad. He All these Chad-like characteristics are attributed to Chad, and then he's juxtaposed with the sad version who's small and weak and has bad posture, and you'll see this meme used in like every kind of context. Yeah. So I believe it came from that, and it just it spread like wildfire, you know, under you know in the, in the internet underworld. Right. So everybody's just trying to be more Chad. Um, so I guess I, I, maybe let's start uh, with some of your background and and where you started out and how do you got to, when what you're doing today. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, so background wise, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I my origin story is always I was find it not that interesting, I think, but then people are always like, really. So my original plan when I was in, in high school was I wanted to be a professional ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. So a ballet, not now ballet, you know, ballet, you know. That'd be a whole different I, thing. You, no, you, you say it too fast. People are like, belly dancing? I'm like, no, ballet, ba- you know, ballet. So I wanted to be a professional ballet dancer. Um, and I just, I was one of those guys where I was always kind of like, a, what's the term? Like the Sigma male. I liked to, I was always very, I liked to be by myself. Mm-hmm. I was not a, the kind of a, kind of young man where I want to be in a sports team or like, I didn't like having people around me, honestly. Right. Um, I've always liked, I just like being alone. Yeah. You know, the vast majority of the time. That's my personality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, competitive athletic sports didn't really appeal to me. It always seemed like a sort of bread and circus kind of thing where you, you kind of see through the veal of it that way, or like you can't get into it so much. You appreciate it, but you it's just not, again, it's not you. Yeah. Um, so you know, I did, I did martial arts when I was younger, uh, you know, probably about like from like eight to like 13 ish. And then I encountered ballet, you know, very randomly in high school. Because I, I, was watched, I was watching these girls dance. And uh, it was a, a very random situation. I got called into this dance studio. Teacher came out and asked, can, you know, can someone come in, like, help us mark something? And I looked in the room, there's a bunch of girls. And, like, you're 15. So, you know, if you're you know, a hetero guy, it's like, oh, oh, girls, yeah. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, you say yes. Yeah. I walked in, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It's just, like, there's tons of hot girls in this room. I'm like, I'll, 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 I'm going to hang out here. Okay. And then the teacher asked, like, well, well, can you dance? And I actually could. I was always one of those kids where, like, I knew I could dance. I liked to dance. You know, as, even as a little kid. You know, yeah. Some, some kids are like that. So, like, yeah, I, I think I can dance. I got rhythm, whatever. So she's like, okay. So it was like a, it was a swing dance number. Okay. So that was the first thing I ever did that was, like, a dance, you know, performance. And I had fun doing it, so I decided to make that my thing. Uh, and... I mean, it definitely gave me a, a huge amount of insight into women that I, I think most men never get since I was, you know, basically from the age of 16 up until 21 when I graduated college. I was around women all the time. It's like in that formative years when they're, you know, crazy and emotions and hormones or all those things were running. So like you see this side of female behavior that just most men are never going to see. Right. So it was, you know, it was definitely like a very sort of like red pilling experience. I, I, you know, by the time I was 21, I didn't have any like delusions about like how women are or, sort of like the Disney Prince fantasy stuff. I realized a lot of men get caught up in blue pill or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that was the plan. I want to be a professional ballet dancer. Um, I loved performing. I have always been sort of a philosophy aesthetics fiend. Uh, I worship aesthetics. Like, I mean, I could go on a whole tangent about the role of aesthetics and appearance and you know, how we present ourselves and that, that, the alignment with truth. But anyway, so ballet was kind of my way of expressing that. Um, and then that did, it didn't work out. I got injured really badly when I was training, uh, ruptured a hamstring tendon, tore that off. I broke foot. So foot was broken. Uh, hamstring tendon was torn. And I got into, you know, lifting weights and training is sort of like a way to rehab. And then I arrived at personal training when I was around like 20 because I didn't know what the hell else to do. I was, very, I was self-aware enough to know that, you know what, 
my liberal arts degree, basically, dance performance choreography is worthless. This is not, there's no job market for this. I spent a bunch of money, got a bunch of student debt. I don't know what the fuck to do. I have no marketable job skills. I know I can't work in an office. My actual personality is pretty irascible. I don't work well with others. I'm like, you know, so what avenue is there? I'm like, well, I've always been kind of a bro. I've been lifting weights since I was you know, 15, 16. Uh, you know, and why'd I start lifting? A girl told me I was skinny, very, or, you know, classic origin story. Girl told me I was skinny. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go lift. Got gym membership, started lifting, you know, you're very conventional. So I was 20. I'm like, I don't know what the hell else to do. I know I'm good at teaching. I'm, I know I like to teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy describing things. I always have that aptitude for demonstration that way. I'm like, I think personal training, I'm like, that can work. And that, it was the only job I could think of as well that paid more than minimum wage. I mean, that was the real factor at the end of the day. I'm like, personal training, you'd start out like 15 bucks an hour. And minimum wage was 10 in California. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I need to make money somehow. So, okay, let's do this. And I never planned on doing it for a decade. I'll tell you that. I've, I've probably wanted to quit literally every year for the last 10 years. So like somehow I'll be like, fuck this. I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I kept persisting at it since once you get to that three, four, five year mark of doing something, you're usually good enough that to quit at that point. You're like, well, I'm pretty good. Maybe I could actually almost become great. Right. Uh, so I just, I kept doing it. And I had some sense, I'm like, I, irrational faith, I believed it would turn into something. So I did that for all my 20s. I lived in Los Angeles, I lived in Florida, kind of went back and forth between different places. Yeah, very typical service, again, like male experiences. Went, you know, I had a bunch of girlfriends, dated, you know, saw the changes in sort of like the sexual marketplace, you know, like watching men and women date, being, you know, a, a, you, you date a huge spectrum of chicks when you're in Los Angeles. If, you know, if you're a guy where you're, you know, you date a lot of women, obviously you're with a lot of women. So, you know, I saw things change and it was right around like 2013, 2014, where I'm like, something I felt like had, just, had gone wrong in society mm-hmm. in regards to this, like this sort of the overall, you know, biopsychosocial energy. So I started writing about masculinity and I was like 23, 24. So it wasn't like from a place of, you know, perspective truly. It was just like things I thought and I was feeling. Right. Um, and then I was always into evolution biology. So you read that, you kind of, you know, it's all syncretic. You pull from these influences. And I just, I remembered that my first article was like, I think like 2013, 14, it was about sort of like the, you know, what I saw sort of like the two fundamental principles of being a man, right. which is you have to be able to provide for yourself mm-hmm. and you have to be able to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that comes with a sense of independence and that comes with a sense of like this sheer physicality, mm-hmm. you know, on a very basic biological level, men have to be strong because if you're not strong, you die. I mean, that's just, you can't argue with that. Right. And I think that was kind of when I discovered your books, actually, I think, you know, the first book, The Way of Men, and that was like a big crystallization moment of like, oh, wow, he's obviously you're older than me, and like, this guy, like, you know, you know those things, it pulls everything together, I'm like, yeah, he gets it, like, yeah, this, this is what's lacking. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this is what, this is the way of men, this is how men are. Yeah, and then from there, it was just kind of this odd sort of, you know, uh, journey into being discovered by the man of spear in 2017, 2016, which yeah, I didn't know what that was. I was never a game guy. I wasn't reading PUA stuff or a red pill or on forums. And just people started finding me like, Oh, you're like one of the mass beer guys. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. And right. then, but then you start encountering all these things. I realized, I realized I wasn't the only person having these ideas that, you know, society and feminine and masculinity were out of order. So, yeah. And then from there, it's just, it's just grown and evolved. But, uh, yeah, like I, you know, I've said before many times, like I never expected to be in this position, you know, being, uh, being a leader of men, was not my intention. If, I mean, if you ask me personally, I think I'm a very bad leader. I'm like, I, I don't pretend to be one. I'm like, I'm not the guy that's going to, 
you know, like, let's get a whole army together. I'm like, yes, you all are my brothers in charges, and I'm going to lead you in the battle. I'm going to take care of all of you. I'm like, I just want to be left alone. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, I, that's, a, that's a really hard job. That's a whole different yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't pretend, I don't pretend to be that. Like, I'm not, I'm not yeah, that yeah. guy. I'm like, I wanted to just perform and be around hot women. Like, right. honestly, like, very superficial sexual motivation, but that's what it was. And just enjoy my life. And but yeah, as it's happened, I've become this sort of public internet figure, whatever the fuck that means, right. with internet fame. So I just sort of ride the wave now. And I, I try to maintain that self-awareness. I'm like, you kind of have to treat it like you're a parody of yourself almost. Yeah. Like if you're going to become going to become an internet legend, like there's an element of persona to it. Like just, there just is. It's like pro wrestling. Well, I mean, it's it's that's always the way it is. I mean, uh, you know, what Robert De Niro plays Robert De Niro in every movie that he's in, yeah. really. You know, and, and every anything iconic, if you, you become a, a – people will expect certain things from you. You know, and uh, – you you can step into that and you can slowly change it. I mean, I've I've changed my thing over the years, but uh, yeah, you become you have to, you have to learn what people want from you a little bit, but also yes, that's but point. also serve yourself, you know, because you know, otherwise you get bored and then it's just cynical. Like here, let me put on my <laughs> fake voice and my fake face and go out and then go do something totally different at home, you know. Um, but to, there's people like that. Well, I mean, I don't know. And I don't want to talk shit because uh, yeah. I, I would love to, I would still love to meet him and be a, you know, like whatever, interact with him. But like Alex Jones, they said that, you know, like there's, there was a break. It's so, like, he had to go to court and he's like, what? I'm just a character. I'm totally normal. And then you know, oh, yeah. Alex Jones on, on, on the internet, you know, but uh, who knows, you know, which, if, which is true. And, but uh, I don't know. Interesting, but yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, 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 I know, I have some of my personal friends are like personal friends with Alex Jones, but yeah, I, yeah, it, it's just like we live this weird, we live in like an interesting time where when you're when you're online or just like when you're interacting with that media sort of apparatus organism, you I mean you can be authentic? Like obviously, I think most people try to be authentic, and some people very are just very real, but then at the same time, if you you are playing into all that all those momentic games like you have to be like sort of a higher form of yourself you kind of it's almost like a like dragon ball city i never watched the show but you know you keep leveling up it's like oh i'm, I'm in my final form oh no there's another form after that form it's then, definitely once, a video once, game it is a hundred instagram yeah, well, is a video a, game yes. <laughs> it's a video game but then like once yeah, yeah, the battle's yeah. over you go back to what your regular form is which is right. you know, some approximation of that right i mean i've always thought actually like for something like instagram one thing I've, I've found interesting about it was that it actually forced me to go do things that maybe I wouldn't do. Like, oh, yeah. I haven't posted this, something like this, I better go do some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't just sit around and like, you know, whatever, sit on my computer all day, because that's probably what I would be doing. Uh, and like, oh, I, it's been a while since I went hiking. I guess I should go, hike. you know, like just stuff that they expect from you. Uh, I will go out and do things. And it also gives me a reason now because it's my business. Like, and I, I can write off a vacation, you know, yeah, because that's what as self-promotion, I can write off a vacation and go to someplace I really want to go to. And it's actually, I'm doing something good and making content that people like. So that's pretty cool. Well, I remember you and I had that conversation, I think last year at the 21 con where yeah. I was commenting and like, you know, I was like, man, like I was looking at your Instagram, like, man, you're, you're a stacks for Instagram are just amazing. Like, you just you look so cool, right? Like in every yeah. like it's like in every picture, I'm like this guy's fit and he's doing, he's having ceremonies and he's he's here and he's at this mountainside and he's, 
you know, like, you know, it's like every, everything, you know, there's obviously, there's an obvious aesthetic art to it. Sure. And then I remember taking that and I applied that to my Instagram, honestly, because mm -hmm. like, I realized like, you know what, like, yeah, people, they want to see that and it gives them a sense of your character. You know, but at the same time, like, like it's actually very similarly. I, it got me out of the house doing stuff because even today I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go hike in this beautiful scenic area that's close to where I live, which I might not ordinarily do, but I like, I want to be in the sun. I'll be able to take some good pictures. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's probably, you know, it's probably, it's good for me. It's good for them. So why not? Yeah. I mean, it's that people always talk about it. Like it's this horrible thing and so fake and whatever. And, uh, you know, it's, like I said, it, being in the public eye in some way or other, uh, sometimes just makes you work harder. You know, it makes you, it makes you level up. I mean, you're, because you're, you're being watched. It's like, uh, I, I live in this really small town and, uh, right now and, uh, going to the gym is just soul crushing. Um, because, because like, I feel like a superhero and I actually don't want to, I want to walk into the gym and have five dudes who just make me feel like the worst pussy in the world and like, like over in the corner. <laughs> so I have to try hard and whatever. And instead it's like, I walked in the other day, it was totally empty gym. And some people like that. I, I don't, I want to, I want the, I want a vibe of some kind. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and then two 85 year old women walk in. Cause it's a really, the, the median age of this town is really old and like two 85 year old women and then another like old person. And I'm like, I have my headphones off and I'm trying to get psyched to deadlift and they're talking about death. And <laughs> as, as old people do, right. Then they're going to talk about surgeries and recovery okay. and death. <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh God. And, uh, and then sure off, the old lady comes over and talks to me. Uh, I think her name is Tony and she's, she's 80. And she, if she lives seven more years, she's going to, I mean, that just kind of environment, you know, doesn't push you, you know, like that at all. No. You have to really push yourself because I'm like a superhero there, you know, like amazing. But you know, it's like, I'm, I'm deadlifting like 435. It's, it's not even anything. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, nothing, nothing. It's even remotely heavy, heavy. I, yeah, I, I had a few years where I, where I wrote for worked for Lee FTS, which is a you know, all power. So yeah, you know, Chris Duffin, I know you like he's like a mutual of ours. Yeah, um, yeah, they're yeah, all, yeah, I, yeah, they're I all powerlifters. Yeah, yeah, Lee FTS, it's all powerlifters. So I yeah. remember the first time going to that gym, and I mean, I don't pretend to be a big, strong guy. Yeah, you know, like I'm over six feet tall, but I don't have strength genetics. But you go to that gym, everyone's there. You're all going to work out together, and you routinely, routinely, you'll see guys benching 500 pounds. Like yeah. it's just like most of them can at least four hundred. You'll see dudes eight hundred pound deadlifts all the time. That what thousand pound squats, and even even the women. You know some of the female lifters they have, uh, they're all pulling around four plates or close to it. So you know you go there and you're in that environment, and it's just a dr you know, it drips testosterone. And everyone's juiced out of their mind, and everyone probably took a banana draw before you're lifting, <laughs> right. and just veins popping. And you see these guys are just like, holy yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. They're just juggernauts. Right. And then you're looking at whatever your weight you're lifting, and just, I mean, I, I miss that environment. I, I wish there were, it's, you know, very similar. I live in a small town. There's no gym, there's no gym like here around that. But when you go to a place like that, where, it, you know, whether you're competitive or you're not, but you just see all this human potential that's yeah. so far out there that's, you know, one of those, you know, outliers. You're like, you look at your weights, you're like, you know what? I can do 10 more pounds, five more pounds, 20 more pounds. You know, I'm going to put a quarter on, screw, screw the yeah. little weight jumps. Yeah. And, it, and it absolutely makes you stronger, better. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it, it, I think people discount that, you know, like people have their, their home gyms and, and so forth. And so that works for some people and some people just stay motivated for me personally. I'm like, yeah, I want to see, I want to see those people lifting more weight than me and maybe feel garbagey. And that, that's actually one of the things that uh, I think is really motivating. People always say, you know, like, oh, social media, it's not real life. You know, you, you're not, they're not real, you know, whatever whatever real means, I guess real means sitting around in your fucking pajamas and watching Netflix or whatever. But like, you know, no one needs to see that. Uh, but uh, I mean, I follow people who literally, I just was flipping through my Instagram. There's a, there's a handful of dudes that I follow. I'm like, well, that's why his biceps are bigger than yours because he's working out right now and you're not, <laughs> you know? And it, it reminds me, I'm like, well, I guess I should be working harder, shouldn't I? You know, and I think for a lot of people, they follow people just because they make them feel bad in that same way. You know, like uh, it, it, they need make them feel bad, but in a way that they need to feel bad, you know? Uh, your relationship with social media, I think for anyone, it's, it's their relationship with themselves. Yeah. So you, you know those people where you can look at someone that's bigger, stronger, better than you, and you're like, yeah, that, that's inspiring. There's a level of myself that I clearly have not reached. Or you can look at that and be like, well, I feel bad about myself, and that makes me feel more bad. Yeah, it's yeah. always People are always paradoxical with behavior. Since if you, I've seen this before, like on me on Facebook or on Instagram, but it's every platform. If you post, you know, tr if you post real life depressing stuff, then people mm -hmm. will tell you that you're being negative, and why would you share this, and no one wants to see this, and you know, I, I, maybe I started following you. Now I'm not going to follow you. And, or you'll, de you'll develop sort of like a loser following, a loser thing following where everyone that, you know, watches your stuff, they all, it's all like a negative conversation. Yeah. So you do that. So if you share negative stuff, you get criticized. But then if you go to the positive route and it's like, oh, well, this isn't really you. This is fake. This is bullshit. Yeah. And then if you try and find the median route, then you get criticized for like, oh, well, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of that. So yeah, I mean, the way I, I tell people now, I'm like, share whatever the hell you want. Like, you're going to get some level of criticism regardless. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is yeah. at all. So you can, it's going to, how you use it and how to, how, whether it's a tool for you that helps you or hurts you, like that just goes back to your internal sense of self, your, your internal validation versus external validation. You know, what's your psychology like? I mean, it, it, it can make it worse. It can make it better. Yeah, that's on you. Absolutely. And that's, that's a good way to think about it as well. Cause people, people want to blame it for everything, but you know, you have to take responsibility for yourself and how you use it. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, so right now you're training people, do you train people, um, in person anymore or just mostly, uh, through online programming? Mostly through online programming. I mean, most of, I mean, I'll, I'll say right now, I've, it's been a few months since I trained someone in person. Mm -hmm. I still have people that will like even fly into where I'm at. Right. And they'll want to like get like a couple hours in sure. session wise. And I'm always willing to do that. But yeah, the majority of what I do now, it's a, uh, I mean, it's all online. It's mainly just information products. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, I spent the first from like about 20 to 28. I, I trained clients every day from 6 a.m. to like nine o'clock at night. It was, it was why I did that all day schedule. And after seven or eight years, I got very good at it. But like, you know, like anything else, I realized like, okay, this doesn't scale. Right. If you want, you know, that whole thing about scaling, but it's like, it's true. It's like, this doesn't scale. I'm not going to get rich doing this. Mm -hmm. I'd like to have more personal freedom to do some things I like to do. I just want to travel. I want to learn some more languages um, you know, or become, you know, bilingual, polylingual. So I'm like, okay, like, how can I, you know, achieve that? And I, I'd watched other people and worked for other people who had internet businesses who were bodybuilders, personal trainers. John Meadows was the main guy I worked for for two years. 
mm-hmm. yeah, IPV Pro, and he's very big now online. They, I realized, I, you know, I sort of tapped into the bro market. I'm like, what, what are guys really looking for to get online? They're looking for, you know, information. They want to get big, strong. I'm like, most guys, when they start out, they just want a routine. That's the, like, that's the thing you look for. Because yeah. I, I remember when I was 15, 16, maybe yourself, you remember, that's what every guy does. You open up the magazine, and you don't really read the article, probably. You just yeah. look at what the, the fucking workout is. You're like, all right, I'm going to do this, you know. You know it's a two-hour arm workout, back, chest, shoulders, you explode your, like, whatever the hell. It's always hyperbole. Yeah, you know, and a motion laid in. There's there's some body build. I remember Jay, I remember the Jay Cutler ads, which were fucking hysterical for like cell tech creatine. It'd be like Jay Cutler. He's 280 pounds, right? Right. It's just just dudes like as wide as a fucking brick shit house. Yeah. And he's got like three women around him, and then the ads like, you know, women only want you if you're big and ripped. And I'm like, oh man, and you're like. Yeah, I'm like 16, like, I gotta be big and ripped shit. Like, I wanna get girls <laughs> like that. So it's like, I need cell tech, and I need, and, but along the cell tech, I need to do this three and a half hour shoulder routine. Definitely. It's 14 <laughs> exercises. So it's, it's, it's true. Every guy's done it at some point. You look at some huge bro, you're like, oh, fuck. It's like, what does he do? You're like, I gotta do that. Yeah. So, and you go to the gym, and you, and you fuck, and maybe it works. Yeah, maybe it actually works really well. And I thought about that like three years ago. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to just make information products that are training programs. And I'm going to make them really detailed and very precise and actually pretty informative. And I'm going to make that like my market because you can always sell those for forever. It's unlimited. You know, there's no limit to the, how many you can sell. Right. And, you know, lo and behold, that business model actually worked out really, really, really well. I sell thousands, I sell thousands of programs a month. Um, and it gave me financial freedom. You know, gave me, uh, got me internet fame, I guess, um, you know, it allowed me to, you know, pursue a lot of interest. I've been able to move. I'm going to Egypt in like two weeks to live there for a little bit because nice. I always want to see Egypt. Nice. So, you know, it's, it's been great. Um, yeah, but I mean the basic business model, like, like I said, it's, just, it's, it's training programs and it's teaching guys how to lift. And then it's, it's a big smattering of, of bro philosophy, you know, thrown into it. So it kind of was able, I was able to pull all my interest together with it. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is people, it, might look at that in a certain way, but I still look for that every once in a while. I mean, I've I've been training for years and I've gotten the results I deserve, I would say, but, and it's good and bad, you know, like I could train better and get better results or I, but I I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with what I do, but sometimes you need to switch it up and you need something else and you just want, give me, give me a new routine. Give me a new thing from somewhere else. You know, I mean, I, cause I'm going to, I'm going to probably do the stuff that I like, but you know, every once in a while, like this, this one hour bicep routine, that's great, you know, which I wouldn't normally do, but you need to throw something like that in there after once in a while. So it's always good to have a new program and something like that floating out there. You know, I think everybody, everybody needs something like that, you know, and, and especially for guys who get out of it. I don't, I feel like a terrible human being if I don't go to the gym for at least mm. like, you know, a week. Yeah, you know, like that's that that's really unusual for me. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, life will happen, and they'll end up not. That's what they'll say. You know, life happened, and and uh, you know they'll they'll get out of it, and they'll they won't go to the gym for like six months. And uh, so yeah, it's like getting a new routine like that. Like I'm gonna get my shit together. I'm gonna buy this routine. And I'm gonna start it, and it, it could be great for them and get them back on the path. So. Uh, absolutely and you know, that's i mean that's that's a big my, my my audience the guys i mean the people that buy the programs you know and, and i know this is from being a personal trainer there's, there's two there's like well maybe three types of people 
there's people like, I'd say like ourselves where there's some men and I've told all my clients this, if you have a very strong sense of physical identity, you know, especially if you're someone where you're very keenly perceptive of the effect you have on others, how you show up to people, like you have that sort of like will to power that way with your body and you know, your presentation, you're never going to not train yourself. Like you'll do that your whole life. It's just, it's part of who you are. It's an yeah. integral aspect of your identity. You can't get, you can't get rid of it. Like, you know, to have that taken away from you, you would no longer be yourself. And then you have people that, that waver, you know, on the fence that, you know, they go in and out and it's, it's, it's not a priority for them, but it's still important in some regard. And then you have the people where, you know, for them to ever become that way, it would take like a radical re-altering, reprogramming, you know, defragging and, you know, reconstruction of their whole life. Uh, you know, but, but the program aspect, like, you know, for, but for all levels, like for all levels, yeah, like a, a program or even just, even if it's just like a single exercise workout where it's something where it strikes like sort of your instinct at the time or, yeah, I mean, like, the, yeah, I mean, there's certain things I've shared with people like, you know, train, you know, train your posterior delts, you know, at the yeah. end of your shoulder day, whatever the hell, you know, yeah, the reverse, you know, chest fly, whatever, or grab the dumbbells and just hit like two higher up sets and even something that small, you're like, oh, wow, you know, guys will try it. Well, wow, that works really well. Oh, my shoulders actually do look about Awesome. It's a, it's a great tip. It goes to the toolbox. Oh, yeah. Like, repertoire of like, oh, cool, cool, man. Like, thanks for teaching me that. Yeah, but, and every bro is kind of like that. And then, you know, and also for the other people, like, yeah, you know, maybe it helps restore their shoulder health. Um, yeah, or it helps them re rehab from injury. So, you know, it, it's functional and useful on multiple levels. Yeah, I think we both follow the guy who I get that stuff from is Paul Carter. Like I'll follow him. And I think, I think you follow him as well. Oh yeah. 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 But I, and I've I had him on a podcast, like early, early version of my podcast. I think maybe I'll try and have him on again someday. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he always, he'll throw something out there. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm going to start doing that. And then it, it actually works. You know, <laughs> it's a, you know, definitely. Uh, and then it becomes part of the, the routine. Um, I mean, I have this, I think I'm actually going to record it because people always want to know about my shoulders. So I think I'm going to do some kind of shoulder routine on, uh, and have, you, have you a, should, you should. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, I think I'm going to do something <laughs> like that. It just, you know, throw it out there. I think my buddy, Ethan, I think we're going to record it together. Uh, but uh, cause he's a, he's a personal trainer, so he can kind of do the tips and I'll just stand yeah. there and do the you know, reps or whatever. But, uh, so speaking of, of philosophy and, and, and bro, uh, you said earlier that you're working on a project called the Tao of, of Bro. Yeah. So the Tao of Bro. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I here's the thing. Like, uh, you know, I always, I always just again try and be self-aware. I'm like, there are certain subjects I can go very in depth on, and I can totally geek out on things that you know would sometimes surprise people. Like, obvious. Like, why would you study even know about that? I'm like, always. Oh, yeah, you know, like you know, neuro, like neuropsychology, biosocial, biosocial psychology. Yeah, you know, like all these different things that sort of fall to the the realm of fitness, but are not you know, considered you know mainstream. But uh, anyway, so you know, I mean, point being though, like from a very young age, even before I really got into lifting, I was one of those young kids where I very much like lived in my head, and yeah, you know, I mean, you know, like I was, yeah, you know, I was a thinker that way, mm -hmm. and I, I loved, I always loved reading this philosophy. You know, from the first time I got exposed to it, and I was like. I think 10, 11, I had a teacher that got me onto like reading Aristotle. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, it was, you know, like Aristotle and ethics. So I, I started reading that stuff. And, and then, you know, once you read like one Greek philosopher, you somehow have to read the other ones. There's a sort of like natural progression of like, oh, you read Aristotle? Well, and you got to read Socrates and Plato. Because, I mean, how could you not? And it's like, well, who were there? And Plato's, oh, then you got to go look up Xenophon. Oh, and then, then somehow you end up like wandering over old Stoic philosophy and like meditations, Marcus Aurelius. And then, 
well, what about Cicero? So then you got to read Cicero. Um, you know, well, you haven't read Seneca yet. How could you not read Seneca? So then you read Seneca. And like, oh, yeah, there's actually some Arab, you know, what about these, the Arab guys? Like, you know, Islam, Tawala, whatever the fuck. You're like, oh, they actually influence that area. So you keep, you end up just go like running through all this shit. And there's like, then there's Neoplatonism. And then you, so then like, you know, who are the Neoplatonics? And then it takes you sort of like in Romanticism and then like Germanic philosophy. And, you know, then it's like, the, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, then like maybe you read Byron, like a Byronic hero, then, oh, okay, there's the Romanticism era. Well, what about the one that came before that? I mean, you can just keep going with this shit for forever, obviously. As you should. Yeah, like there's, really? yeah as you should. Like there's all these ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so like my, so the, over the course of my, you know, from my 10 to 20 to 25, like I was just always running through these, you know, all these like philosophical circles. And then you get to sort of like the 20th century eventually. And then, then you kind of get into like to, you know, like modernism, postmodernism, you know, structuralism, uh, and it like and then it, it does give you, I guess, if you're intelligent enough, it does give you a certain sense of like, you know, how did we get here with modern society versus 100 years ago versus 200? So it gives you this very spectral view. You view things on a continuum. Um, so like, you know, that was kind of like, I guess, my background, like my personal stuff. You know, I was really into, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I was kind of just growing up in gyms, like all my formative years, really from. You know, like from like 16 till now, like who, how, who how were the friends I met? They were in gyms. It was all bros. So it was, I was always in a bro atmosphere, bros lifting, bros eating together, knowing guys at juice, knowing guys that compete in powerlifting, bodybuilding. You know, I, I've been all these kinds of subcultures and it's not always, uh, you know, these aren't always intellectual men, you know, in the level of like, you know, like obviously, you know, being a bro can, you know, in a certain sense, like, yeah, you can, it can be really dumb. I mean, it's it can go and, 100% in either I, direction. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, well, really? that's, that's the funny thing yeah. about men. Like, men, you, yeah. you, you can get a group of friends together, and somehow you're, you're all smarter, and you're faster, and you're better. And then but men also can just be absolute idiots with each other. And, but, yeah. there's all, but there's a certain joy to that, of, like, guys just being fucking dumb, especially yeah. when you're, like, 18 to 25, and, you know, your brain's still forming. Let's just do stupid, stupid shit together. Right. right. Yeah, so, you, and, you, and, you, and you start fights, and you burn shit down, and you end up, you know, you end up playing knock when you, you know, you end up having to knock somebody out, or like you're fucking throwing fists over bullshit, and then you're, you know, there's there's chicks around, and maybe you're living in like in a shithole apartment, like I was. There's like four dudes living there, and it's just like a fuck house, and like nothing's ever been cleaned ever, and, and like it's fun though, right? So this is yeah. this was how I came up in life, basically. This is my background. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, but you know, anyway, so I get to 28, 29, 30. Yeah, yeah, I'm retrospective, so I start kind of looking back and. Yeah, I realized like, okay, like how did I get here? And you know, maybe this is a natural thing of turning 30 since you're at that sort of like trying age that like it's three decades now. And I was thinking like, yeah, what could I really extract from like all these subcultures I've been a part of? And I'm always going to be a bro. And yeah, I realized on a very, you know, I said this in an email I sent out a few days ago on a newsletter, but like I realized that on a very, you know, pragmatic, pragmatic but transcendental level that bro philosophy is actually very it's not just functional, but it's very truth driven and it requires a personality where you really have to align yourself with what works and what doesn't. You have to sort of align yourself with like the search for truth. And that right. might sound ridiculous, but for anyone that's ever been in that kind of culture gym where you're around bros, how do you assess anything? You assess it by outcome. Everything's applied knowledge. Mm-hmm. So like, it's fun to theorize, but at the end of the day, you either, you got stronger and the weight went up or it didn't. You're either bigger or you're not. You're either lean or you're fat, you know, like if, if you're getting cut, like it's gonna show up in the mirror. If you yeah. want, like, if you want to see if something works, well, how do you figure it out? 
maybe you talk over your guys, what do you think of this, that? You just you go try it. There's no other way to do anything. So your whole body of knowledge becomes applied knowledge. And I, I, I said this you know, also in the newsletter, where like bro philosophy, like you know, epistemically, can just absolutely steamroll, steamroll this railroad fucking most you know, branches of philosophy. It'll just fucking destroy it. Is you can get in your head and you can talk about you know these all these sort of like intellectual you know, it's like the French intellectualism where there's it's all these fucking you know like incredibly verbose phrasing for goddamn every concept yeah, and just yeah. goes on and on and it's like all right well, what, is, what is nature of reality and structure like it's it's like a you know it's a, not not Dorita it's like Lacan you know like 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 so one of the guys I like is like Lacan uh-huh. you know so and Lacan like he would be in France in like in 1980s doing these like six hour lectures and he's like smoking a cigarette you know, walking around, he's like, could you bear the life that you live now if you knew you were not going to die? Could we bear life without death? And you're like, oh, wow. You know, like, fuck, could, could I bear life without death? And like, so you, I, I'd watch these lectures, like, on fucking YouTube, okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like and you're like, oh, fuck, man. Like, so you're, you're thinking, and like, you're, you know, you, maybe you got that one friend you talk about the shit with, but then you go to the gym, and you just, you're there training your fucking abs and arms for Friday night, to go out to basically just get hose yeah. so you can bring some girl back. And you're gonna wake up the next day either like you know like you know proud of yourself and like okay, fuck some bitch or you're just gonna wake up like god damn it. Yeah like I'm just, I have a hangover and I need I'm supposed to fucking train like back today. Fuck like shit and like and so like I, th- th- this would be me like when I was younger I'm like and I always just had these moments I'm like what the fuck is my life about? Like I'm doing this I'm like I'm I'm listening to this stuff I'm reading these things which I, which I think are absolutely brilliant. And then, but my day-to-day existence is literally just trying to get jacked and tan and laid. <laughs> and, but, and, but they're both, but they're both bringing me joy. Like they're both bringing yeah. me like a sense of satisfaction, obviously. And also make money and not, you know, get kicked out of my apartment. But, right. You know, I'm sharing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, so over time, like, I mean, I like to say, like, it got me out of my, being broke got me out of my head. And I, I came to appreciate that you know what there is sort of like a, like a, we call it like a Tao of bro, where it's not going to necessarily give you an intellectual. It's, it's not for let's, let's say to live a life that's so intellectually rewarding, but you can extract as I said like a lot of practical philosophy from it. That if you want to take sort of like the, you know, like the Stoic route of like what is a good life? What does it mean to live a good life? Well, this is there's probably four basic areas. There's your relationship with yourself. Which, you know, any bro could talk about, like, you know, your sense of self-confidence and you have to believe in yourself and you show up here, those weights are going to test all these things that we say to each other. Yeah, yeah. it's all true. Yeah. It's all true. Yeah. There's, there's a relationship with yourself. You know, there's a re- your relationship, you know, with, with your fellow men, maybe your trading partners. You know, maybe, you know, it, like, it's the comparison game. Like, oh, there's always someone bigger and stronger than you, but you got to be the best you can be. Yeah. Like, lowly coach level stuff. But again, it's true. So you have a relationship with yourself, relationship with other men. You have your relationship with women, obviously, which, you know, whether men will admit or not, a lot of what men do is obviously for the uh, sake of either trying to get women, keep women, attract women. Yeah, that's part of life. Okay, so we have that aspect. You know, anyone, every, any guy that's gone to the gym to get jacked and get female attention, we all learn that. And you have your relationship with kind of the world at large. And again, like if you get big and muscular enough, people will look at you differently, react to you differently, speak to you differently, perceive you differently. So, you know, like, that's what I realized. The Tao of Bro, I'm like, you actually can probably, that's what I was, like, putting together. I'm like, you can actually look at this, you know, sort of, like, all this weird syncretic philosophy of, like, almost, you know, like, Western modernized, you know, almost like Buddhism. And that's the other factor to it. Like, a lot of guys are super dedicated to their body training strength that way. 
they live a very monk-like existence. Oh, yeah. It's very simple. It's very routine. It's super structured. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what's important to them and exactly what's not. They, yeah, they're very congruent that way in their personality. Um, and, and some guys are obviously, you know, psychological, you know, you know head, nut cases. But, I mean, like, that goes for anything, right? You're always going to have Any, anything extreme. Anything, anything extreme. extreme. You're, there, there's, there, a, yeah. there's something, there's some crazy in there. And you just, is, always. It, is it destructive crazy or productive crazy? Is, is We just, don't know. But it makes yeah. for a great story, right? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You're gonna, there's, yeah. there's some, there's some, there's some yeah, gold and, and, to be found there regardless. Yeah, that's why, I mean, that's the question of sanity, really. Like, what is sanity? Because, I mean, all the really successful people are a little messed up. You know, like they're, they're driven by something because they're a little, I mean, UFC fighters, most of them, you know, most of them have had some kind of issue in childhood, you know, like, or, yeah. or grew up in a bad neighborhood or, you know, like, I mean, it's probably not as much true anymore because there's money in it, but especially, I mean, like powerlifting, those guys, there's not even any money in it. They're just doing no. it, which is kind of pure in a no. weird way, but uh, you know, there's, they're just doing it because it, it makes it's therapy to them. And sometimes in some cases it's therapy. It makes them feel better. Like this is the one thing I can really ratchet down on and control, you know, I can, I, I can control this part of my life. And so it, it, it kind of helps them balance out other things. And, and that's true with anything, you know, anything that people specialize in. You know? I, mean, I mean, strong. Yeah. I was thinking, you may think a strong man too, but yeah, I mean, it's just sort of the nature of man, like to, to become, you know, to really become anything, it's both a process of construction and self-destruction. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that can be very hard to differentiate. Like, well, is it more this one or that one? You're like, you're doing something that you want to become the best at, whether that's being rolled to class or just for the sake of fulfilling your potential, but you're doing it with a full recognition that this will break you down and wreck you and you will pay for it with pain and suffering and, and the loss, the, you know, that sort of that loss of that state of being, you know, like it will, you will ascend to it and then it will, it will be gone from you because of injuries or because your body breaks down and you'll never have that again. And then, you know, from that point on, like what I used to be that way, it was still within me. So you live with that memory. I mean, it's, it, that's always kind of incredibly fascinating. I mean, that was kind of one of the things I, I loved about ballet, honestly. I mean, I still have, my body was messed up for, for a very long time. Um, you know, and I knew when I was doing it, I'm like, this is really fucking me up. But I loved it too much, and like I wanted to, I wanted to hurt from it. Right. Like it was a, it's a, it's a set, and I, I, I don't see. I mean, that's one of those, those, those major differences between men versus women. Women won't do things because it puts them into pain. Yeah, it's just, it's not a female characteristic at all. Obviously, yeah. men will do things specifically because it makes them hurt, and they enjoy, it and they actually get power from that, and they want more of it. Well, then you know you did something, right? Yes. I mean, like, I mean, I, I. I I think I said to one of my buddies the other day, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I have doms, you know, I have doms today and I feel fantastic. My chest is wrecked. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's hurt for two days. That means I tried hard. You know, that actually means, because, you know, I'd, I'd go through a long phase where I'm just kind of going through the motions or whatever, because I, I have to go to the gym, but I'm not really super into it. And I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try hard again for a while. And, mm-hmm. and you know, then you wake up and you like can't really stretch at all because your chest is so tight. And, you know, it's like that's. I'm like that's perfect. <laughs> that's where I want to yes. be. You know, that's yeah, where no. I want. I want my chest to hurt. You know. You know, I, I went through that the past year. I, I had like three injuries in the year. Where I, uh, I, had, I had like an MCL tear and then I had a partial like Achilles, like a minor tail tear, and then I got this is all like 2018. I got like a hernia at the end of the year, I had to have surgery. So like, I, I put me out, it put me sort of like not out of commission where I couldn't train, but for a year, I really couldn't train hard at all. 
Right. And I was, I was going insane. Like I was like, it just, it was this creeping sort of like this slow insanity where I, uh, that's why, you know, last year I took like a trip, like for like six weeks overseas, went to Romania and like basically tried to drink myself to death. But like, it, it was just all these months and months where like, I couldn't do, I could, you know, physically, I'm just a physical being that way. I've always been that way where there was nothing I could do that I could put myself into like a state of like pain, suffering, productivity, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like I was really like, you know, moving forward. So it's just this physical inertia. I'm like, I'm just in a state of the static. Like, and if you're not, you know, like you have the mindset, like if you're not, if you're either going forward or going back. So it was a whole year spent that way. And like, I, I was, it just, I was just getting like this crazy about it. Um, and it was, it was like, like that sort of tension every day where I was like, fuck, like I, I go to the gym and I can't do anything heavy. I can't, I can't fucking break my ass off from the deadlift. I can't make my low back hurt. I'm having to be super conscientious because, you know, I, I want to tear this hernia again while it's healing. And it just fucking sucked. You know, and then this year now, I've been able to like get back to training with a vengeance, right? I had like my first hard leg day like two weeks ago that I hadn't had in a long time. You know, I, could, I couldn't walk for like four days. I was just like, oh, fuck. I'm like, oh, it feels so good. It feels so fucking good. I'm like staggering upstairs. You're taking the stairs like one at a time. I'm like, God wow yeah. wow i'm sore but like oh it's the, oh it's just, just like why is it so satisfying but it yeah. is yeah it is and you know what it's interesting about that though i think over the years that's a trick of getting older a little bit is how do you um maintain because it's easy okay like the first year like you know i was watching my friend you know starting lifting for his like first year of lifting right and it's like everybody loves deadlift right away because their weights go up the fastest, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so they, it's like, Ugh! and it's like, okay, you get up to your highest, but like my deadlift topped out three years ago and I don't care to do the work to even get it back up there, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause that, that's, I don't need to do that all the time, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and so, you know, you get to a point where like my, a friend, a really good friend of mine, uh, you know, I think probably topped out, you know, pretty young because he was competitive in sports. And so they did a Mm. ton of training. And so it, there is a, it, it becomes tricky to maintain motivation because when you're first like starting your first like five years or whatever, it's all PRs and you're, you're, you're just trying to get that, you know, more weight in the bar, more weight in the bar. And I'm now I'm like, I know, you know, it's like, I know what the most I've ever benched is. I know what it would take for me to bench that again. I, 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 I'm still capable. I'm not hurt in any way. You know, I could do that, but I'm not chasing that number anymore. Because <laughs> what, what does it get me? The number, you know, like I could do that. I already feel like that was a good number. I'm confident with that. I'm happy with that. You know, like same with my deadlift and my, probably my squat. I should probably go back to again uh, someday. But, but uh, you know, I don't care. But uh, then there's certain, I guess it just becomes a, a, the joy of doing it at some point because there's no more chasing PRs at some point unless you want to do that extreme thing where you sacrifice your life to it and then, you know, you're going to be injured in five years because, you, you know, I, I, I had to try and see if I could bench 405, you know. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I think every, every broke kind of makes that choice of like, all right, like do I want to see how strong it possibly be at like the, the sake of my own detriment? You know, or you know, to my own detriment, or, you know, or you hit that also point where you have a certain you have a certain amount of just enjoyment you take from the process, like and you do it, and you're gonna always do it. 
and you know you're you're never going to be at that peak level again. But like, can anyone be at their peak level forever? No. But uh, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the point I've been at too, in the, in the sense, well, in the sense as well, where you know, this past year I'm like, all right, like I turned 30, and I, there's certain lifts I know I can still go up. Like I know my my bench, like my incline bench, especially since I I had two, I had two AC separations on my left shoulder twice from flat benching. I'm like, I that's just not happening anymore. Trying to I was never good at it, and once your shoulder pops out twice, you're like, all right, f- fuck this. Like, yeah. it's it's already torn. I need to tear more. But right. incline bench, I'm like, I know for I know I know I could bench three plates from incline bench. Yeah, you know, like four reps. I know that's that's achievable in the next five years. Then there's other lifts like all right, deadlifts like I pull 500 pounds. I pull 600 triple body weight. I'm like, yeah, probably. I'm like, do I want to walk around like not being able to walk around because my back is that fucking stiff? Probably not. You know, squat the same thing. I'm like, let's. You know, I I, I had a bunch of injuries from both ballet and trying to squat heavy. I'm like. Well, you already had you already have osteocytes in your left hip. You already tore out a chunk of cartilage in it. Is it really worthwhile to you? I'm like, not really. So then it just becomes, you know, the kind of you, you fall into the thing of like, well, it's aesthetics now. I'm like, I just want to look really good. Yeah. Want yeah. The widest shoulders possible. But then you also that's you know that's just, I guess the point of like, well, if you do if I think for for a lot of guys if they do get bored with lifting or like you've got, you've sort of hit all your goals that way, just go find something else to do. Like go box, you know, or go kickbox. Oh yeah, go rock climb. Like, yeah, so find a new physical challenge as a man. You know, let's make yourself versatile. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, that's the way to go too. And I mean, that's like now I'm doing jujitsu, and that's, but oh, I still yeah. have to, I still have to lift, so I look a certain way because they're. Someone actually said to me like, uh, I think one of my one of my coaches was like, you, well, you know, over time your shoulders will probably get smaller. I'm like. <laughs> No. That that will never happen. <laughs> I'm like that cannot be. That cannot be. Uh, like, so like I'm like no 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 no. So you know because some people they just give themselves again completely to the to the new sport and then your body changes based on what you're doing. And I actually have a friend who, who he has a pretty cool philosophy. Uh, I'm sure chicks love hearing it. Uh, <laughs> the idea of like. My my body is just a product of what I'm doing at a given time, like the way that I'm training, and I'm like, that's that's a kind of a cool way to to look at it. Um, but uh, yeah, you just find something else to do to challenge yourself. But uh, I mean, like that's my thing has been like, uh, uh, I like overhead presses. That's that's kind of my thing. That's that's the only lift I still track. And I'm like, I I just got back up to a 225 pound over, overhead press the other day, and it's I like that's a good place to be for me. <laughs> like oh, yeah. I've done more, mm-hmm. but like if I'm always there, that's a good day. You know, like I'm, I'm you know, that'll be a good way to say yeah, in that, in that zone. Um, but uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> let's see what else. I, I, I know that you're speaking at the, the 22. Are you speaking to 22 or 21? 20, 22. I, I guess both of them, but yeah, 22. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be the keynote actually for 22. Oh yeah! All right. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I mean, I, I will say readily. I, I told you, I think that's like I don't know if I mean. So twenty-two call, like, what is it? It's basically, it's, you know, I mean, the marketing is ridiculous. But like, it's a man splaying men's century. It's, it's a whole bunch of guys showing up to talk about tell women how to be. But uh, you know, when he asked me to do it, I'm like, all right. I, I had to like really think it out. I'm like, I know this is gonna, uh, you know, on the level of like mainstream media perception, this is gonna go terrible. Yeah, because we are going to be run through the mud, you know, the mud and the blood, and every kind of hit piece article, takedown, 
And like, and like, because I know how the media works. Because I've, I've had takedowns before from going viral on Twitter and you know being contacted. It, they're gonna, it's gonna be the spin of whatever. You just like, you insert all the buzzwords. This is a uh, neo-Nazi men's rights activist, alt-right, uh, conservative, uh, incel, mansplaining, misogyny, he-man, woman-hater conference. Yeah, you know, like whatever. It's gonna be some shit like that. They're gonna try and dig up dirt on everybody. Uh, I'm like, all right, I know it's going to happen. At the same time, I'm like, this sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, kind of looking at it somewhat philosophically. I'm like, we, we exist in this age where if you just keep going, nothing can really stop you online. Mm-hmm. So like, if, you, if you're if you're anti-fragile in the sense that you're not dependent upon a mainstream job, you work for a corporation. I work for myself, obviously, so I can't be fired from anything. Right. I've already lost all my normie friends, which I have. Like, I don't have any normie friends. I have zero. There's no one I actually talk to that I'm close with. It's like a regular person with a regular job and regular views. Like, everyone I know is basically insane. You know, and, right. and within, you know, but in some regard or another. You know, they're all pretty out there guys. Like, that's just yeah. how it is. So I'm like, well, I don't have anything to lose. And at the same time, I know that I'm going to get a shitload of coverage because of what I look like. I've gone viral before. It's going to be this big cognitive dissonance bomb when it gets press coverage and it's like, okay, this is really attractive guy speaking at this that we can't call, we can't say this guy's an incel. Like, so we have to somehow label him something. And I know when I actually do speak about most things, I actually come across as being mostly intelligent. So I'm like, this is actually an opportunity where I could sort of like insert the sort of like mimetic nuclear warhead into the social discourse. And so the speech is going to be recorded and it's going to be streamed live. Like I could probably give us a really awesome fucking speech on sort of the aesthetics and the functionality of beauty and masculine femininity and how that you know operates together in the real world and over the course of history and why you know this era that we're in right now is such like a critical point and why that's gone wrong so i could give this awesome speech that sounds really good that you know even like even left-wing you know media will have to be like oh geez like okay he's not stupid fuck and yeah, i could yeah. just basically just call i so like yeah so it's one thing so i could get so i give this great speech and I can cause this, cause this massive amount of cognitive dissonance in people. Like, you know, maybe I can actually change minds that way, which would be cool. And also at the same time, I could just hurt a bunch of fucking feelings where people are upset. And all it's going to do is just grow my following, grow my audience. And beyond this, the money perspective, I'm just going to make money from it fundamentally since I'll have more traffic going my way. So I was like, all right, so, you know, externally, you know, by external perception, it looks like a lose-lose-lose, but I think this actually will be a win-win-win. So I said, yes, I'll do the keynote. Nice. Nice. Yeah. No, that's, that's it. That's interesting. Because yeah, I, I, I the, the thing about Anthony is that like, <clears throat> I, I actually, I think he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. I, I think he 100%. actually wants to do something good. Because there's a lot of people, especially getting into the masculinity industry or they're in this space or whatever, where we talk about this thing, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, and some of them are really just trying to make money. You know, because yeah. there's a thing, I'm going to call it the... Uh, uh, the organ grinder of Thumos, uh, where people, you know, like it's so there's a thing that you can do and, and there's a perfect script for it. It's basically like, like, did you hear about the lies? Can you believe this injustice? We should go fight. And you, you, there's this thing that you can do with men and just get them all riled up about something, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you can talk to men in a certain way to get them riled up. Yes, and I, I think that comes with a, a certain responsibility, uh, to, to say something that isn't stupid, you know, and, and not send them in a direction where they're just going to ruin their lives. You mm-hmm. know, um, I mean, cause it's easy to do that. 
you, you can get dudes riled up and sit and spin them up and send them in a direction that, that leads nowhere, you know? And it's, it's, I think that, you know, you have to have a sense of responsibility when you're doing this kind of stuff. Uh, but that's one of the things I, I like about Anthony and the conferences that he puts on is that uh, I do think that he has, you know, he might do something in a way that I wouldn't do it, but I, mm. I think that he's a good guy. And I, he, I think he means well and he wants to do something good. No, he is. I mean, like, I mean, I've had disagrees with him about marketing stuff. I'm like, I, like I'd say, like, I, I wouldn't present myself that way. I wouldn't use that kind of marketing per se. Yeah. But at the same time, like when I talk to him, like he's actually, he's very open-minded and like he's legitimately trying to find what he thinks are good role models for men and give them like a platform and, you know, sort of get the message out. And he's changed his mind about people. I always see like he's, he's at like, the, and he helps say some himself, the conference when he started 10 years ago, 11 years ago, it started out with like pickup artists, you know, like young guys trying to get laid kind of thing, which yeah, yeah. is a very easy, easy sell. Are you, are you, are you a loser who can't get girls? Do you want a limited pussy? Do you want to drown in panties every day? You can, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, the PA stuff, like I never was in that scene, but like I was, I'd look at him like, this is just so cringe, but like, obviously it helped some guys it did maybe some of them, I think, well, I mean, honestly, I think mostly the PA actual individuals are, pretty dysfunctional i've not seen anyone's life turn out well that i've you know picked up on well i think i think from that it's the you know the people who get deep into it probably not but the people who surfed over the information and got some good pointers because i know some people i know i know a dude who specifically who who he's been in a relationship for like five or six years now but he it took reading hartiste back at the beginning to get his head right yeah. You know, he, he, he was like, oh, okay, that's what I have to do. I'll just do more mm-hmm. of that. And then, you know, but he, he didn't make his whole lifestyle going out and seeing how many girls he could pick up and whatever. You know, he just, he's like, oh, that's, that's how I need to interact with women. Mm-hmm. That's, that's okay. It turned on a green light somewhere, you know, and uh, he, it fixed it. And, and so I think there's a lot of guys who, who you don't hear from who just, they, they get some of that. And, and that's why this stuff is valuable. I mean, I always say like the, the thing about pickup artists is like, you know, we can say that it's, uh, you know, it, it's negative or whatever, but uh, you know, there is a certain, um, if that's your life, what's your life about your life is wrong. <laughs> you know, it's it, but there every year there's new 18 year olds who need to know, know how to get laid. There are, there are. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing I like, but it, yeah, I guess that was, yeah, I was saying, like, with Anthony, like, it started off with PUA. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the point I was going to make. Like, that's very understandable. Like, as a young guy, like, yeah, you want to get laid. And when I was in my early 20s, like, that probably would have been very useful information to me had I known that existed. Like, like yeah, fuck, fuck yeah, tell me what to say. Um, and then, like, you know, but, like, as I like to phrase it, like, you hopefully want to end up with having a complete soul. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, let's like, go back to, like, those four areas, like, the, the bro, you got know, bro. Like, you have yourself, you have women, you got other men, you got the world. All right, so we got the women thing down. Let's get the other stuff down. But then, you know, Anthony, as he got older, he's like, all right, he started, he started thinking about different things with himself. Like, all right, like I, I'm having sex, being on sex I want. There's other stuff, obviously, to being a man. I'm like, well, what are those things? So then he brought in different people, obviously. And yeah, that, you know, that's obviously more of what my message is, where I, I talk about more of the physical aspects or your relationship with yourself, you know, to other men, you know, the female stuff, not so much. Yeah, you know, but the conference evolved. So, I mean, you know, you know the 22 con. I don't know how that will go per se, you know, in the sense of like, if we're going to have a huge massive crowd and well, you know, we're all going to be you know, super successful afterwards, you know, probably no, for a mainstream aspect, no, but like I said, like on a big, like global brain aspect, I think it actually will be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Obviously there's good, you know, 
a bunch of media happening right now and i've seen some of the stuff that he's he's posted and so forth and and uh yeah i mean it seems like it's being handled pretty well for given the thing i do think it's funny the incel thing is is really funny like because they're just reading some of the comments on on his uh uh his profile has been you know like the the amount of screeching unattractive women who think that all men who think who are associated with anything like this, or might even think that maybe mm -hmm. there's something amiss in the world of gender, uh, that they're all incels, like that they're all every single one of them is an angry incel, and uh, it, it's it's obviously not the case, and uh, uh, obviously not. But I mean, you know, the thing I, I, I've I've had it, I've I've blown my Twitter so many times now, and I've I've got when I what was the one when I had the beautiful woman tweets like last year which like went mega viral i got like a gazillion 10 million 50 million impressions from that and right had all these media outlets calling me and like who's this guy the thing was funny like you know, so women were, women were replying to the thread i had like fifteen thousand comments on a tweet like i mean just ridiculous right yeah 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 so and a lot of it wasn't like you're an incel because they looked at the picture like okay well you're an incel be like well you must have, you must have a a micro dick or I bet, right. I bet you don't have a woman. Women don't like you. Or you know, or some that was like, oh, you must never have sex ever. I'm like, yeah, you look at like the female logic. I'm like, if you're going to insult men for not having sex with women, then that carries an implicit implication that successful men have sex with lots of women. So that must mean that like cool, good guy men have lots of sex, right? And But then you turn around on them, of course, and this the, the female brain just blows up and it's like, <laughs> they can't even like you know, you know when they're faced with their own fucking hypocrisy it's just is a meltdown yeah, you know, so yeah. It, just, it just devolves into but like, you're a fucking misogynist bullshit 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 and it goes on and on but i always found that hysterical and see all, every insult that women throw all the insults that women will always throw at men again they're, i mean they're all like chat insults like well if you were a guy who was banging tons of pussy and were tall and hot and i wanted to fuck like well then you'd be basically a happy guy right you would be an incel online you'd be what having sex with lots of women yeah really attractive and good looking yeah like like women always resort to two things with men well you're ugly women don't like you and you only have sex so if i'm handsome and women like me i have lots of sex i guess i'm a good guy right like <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like fucking c4 just <laughs> <Dead> man. <laughs> oh well yeah so I, I just wanted, uh, just my own personal actual research, I wanted to see what the, uh, you mentioned, you know, the four areas of bro. Yeah. Can you, can we go back to that? Just a, where, did you say you pulled them from a Greek philosopher or, or no? <laughs> I didn't pull them directly from okay. stoicism, but the thing, the, the, one of the big questions with, yeah, you know, sort of like, you know, like platonic philosophy and then, you know, like stoicism is like, what, like, a, what is like the search for a good life? Like, sure. what, that's yeah, a very yeah. real question. What does it mean yeah. to have a good life that's satisfying to you as a man? Yeah. And, you know, most of Stoicism, and I, I mean, going to Stoic philosophy, I, I wouldn't call myself a Stoic. Like, I, if I was to identify with a school, I'd say, like, more like Epicureanism. Okay. Um, where, like, the, the, the Stoicism has a certain kind of solemnness to it. Yeah. And a certain level of, a, you know, how, how would I say this? Sort of, like, transience of, like, you know, we will live, we will die. You know, is anything permanent? We shall not know. But here's how within your mortal life you can hopefully do good and like it, it sounds like it's very sort of like old you know, elderly gentlemanly sort of advice from a wise elder I'm like 
Uh, that, that's that's true. There, you know, that, that is true. Right. But it's not the entirety of truth. The entirety of truth is also that you can have a wild, insane life. You actually can be remembered. And there, you know, there, you, this goes sort of like the, you know, you go ahead history is sort of like the Byronic kind of hero. I'm like, or even like, you know, the you know, story of Icarus. I'm like, there is absolutely an element of goodness in reality and maybe not mor moral goodness, but certainly like lively, you know, sort of that joyous goodness where you just, you live for insanity. You're kind of insane and you can't be tamed that way as a man. You sort of throw yourself against the world. And in most of the men throughout history that we do actually remember for being great men, they are men that way. It's sort of like the Genghis Khan example. Like, what's the most impossible thing you could ever do? I'm going to conquer the globe. Right. Yeah, you say that logically. You're like, I, I don't think that's a reasonable thing to want. Like, why not have a good life where you have, you know, you have your urt, your urt and your, your land and your horses and your wife and some sons. No, I want to conquer the whole globe and have a hundred wives and a thousand sons and have my name be known from sea to sea. Right. Like, okay, like that's not, there's nothing stoic about that. No. There's no, nothing stoic. No. I mean, that will still require the elements of discipline and, and sacrifice and sure. certainly having that, that mental calmness that you must have as a man of, okay, I'm going to subject myself to this incredible ordeal and tr all these trials and I'm going to have to maintain facility. But that's not a stoic ambition at all. So, yeah, that's what I mean. I feel that, that way about stoicism too. I mean, I, I feel like that's not in there. I feel like the, there's a there's a passion, like maybe uh, in the way that Nietzsche says of life denying. You know, like the, there's a life denying thing in, in it. Like the idea that you should, you know, yeah, go out and do something crazy and have some kind of passion and and you, you know, live because you only get to live once. Live mm -hmm. live hard. You know. I, moderation's good you know but like we were just talking about it in terms of fitness right i mean like mm -hmm. uh, you know like we know we're this is the level it does all go back to bro really i mean <laughs> we i i know what you know what what overhead press i'm comfortable with and, that, and that's <laughs> and, and that's a good that's a good moderation that's a moderate level for me and i don't need to go beyond that you know moderation you find it you know where you want it but in something in life, you have to push really hard. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, so, yeah that's. I mean, I, I think like the way. I mean, as I'm, I'm sort of like mentally processing as you're saying this, but yeah. the, the way I conceptualize bro philosophy is it's a sort of like mediation between primalism, mm -hmm. which you know, a primal environment of like you know, what do you need to be as a man? You need to be strong. You need to fight. You need to kill. You need to fuck. You need food. You know, man hunt, man fish, man kill. You know, man, man, uh, you know, man, rape, woman. You know, it's like that—that's that, primal philosophy. Right. Like, right. Yes, we we are we are biological creatures. We are animals, but you know, man exists on this border of being very animalistic, then having the capacity to be very much of the mind and be very intellectual. Like, it's always going to be the spectrum. You know, right. so I, I throw philosophy as your conceptualized. It's sort of like this intermediary zone where, yes, we are primal in this way, and we can live that way. But we also, you know, we have these aspects to ourselves that are there are higher you know, more God, God, godlier aspects. So, you know, in the way I laid it out, you know, that's what I took from the stoicism. Like, well, what is a good life? I'm like, well, what do you need to have a good life? Well, you need to, I would say, be good, you know, or have a sense of goodness in four areas. Your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your fellow men, your brothers, comrades, uh, however you want to say that, your, 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 that fraternal relationship. You have your relationship with the opposite sex. And then you have your relationships sort of, you know, encompassing everything over like the world at large. 
And if you can have those four things be relatively congruent with each other, or let's say they are to your satisfaction, yeah, you probably will have a good life. Yeah. You know, if if you're in, if you're incongruent or just if you have some area that's very much lacking, you feel all right. Well, then that's a very easy identification. That gives you like it gives you a very easy paradigm of like, well, what do I need to work on? You know, like okay, am I having sex and late? Yes. All right. Yeah, but do I still feel unhappy with myself? And I, yeah, there's something missing. All right. Well, then that's that's rest with yourself. Right. Or maybe uh, th these two areas are good. Like you know what? Like I don't have male friends. I feel like I'm kind of like alone. All right. Well, then I need to you know relationship with other men. Okay. You know, maybe maybe you have those three things. Be like, you know what? Like, I mean, that, this is kind of my, this is my personal issue. The past sort of a year or so, I'm like, you know, like, okay, at this point, like, I have a really awesome girlfriend. Like, girlfriend's beautiful. Like, yeah, like that's that's great. I've got awesome friends. Um, you know, like my relationship with myself, like, I feel pretty happy. But I I feel like I could be doing more in the world. Like, I should be more ambitious. Mm -hmm. So then, like, that's been my area of focus. Like, okay, like, what does that mean? You know, you know what? Actually, I want to grow my brand. I want to you know, sort of put out like, you know, these different kinds of content. I want to reach more people. I want, you know, I want to, you know, let's say it's spread the message that, you know, whatever it is I'm promoting, you know, and be more of a, you know, resource for people that way. And hopefully, you know, help, you know, help out other bros, help out other guys. You know, and it is, I, I take that very seriously in this, in, you know, in the every day, like I get messages from, you know, younger guys, even older guys, and they got fit and they started lifting. And like, I, I always call it like the Chad transformation. Like, look at this Chad now. Like the guy's looks great. He's got abs. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, like, the, but that guy changed his life. He changed yeah. his life. He's on an upward trajectory. Like, fuck yes. Like this, that feels good. That's like, I have immense gratitude about that. I'm always grateful to see that. I'm like, all right, I'm like, all right, I'm doing something good with the world. Like, awesome. So, but, the, but those, those are the four areas. And if, and if you apply that paradigm, like it's very, it's very secular. It's not like it's, I'm sure there's not like a religious element to it. I'm like, he, you can apply it to really to any kind of a uh, individual. And then it just gives you a very easy directive as to what you should do with yourself or what, you know, what area you need to explore. Or maybe, you know, every, maybe everything's great. Like maybe it's all, it's all good. And you're at that stage of life where you actually have something to pass on and then like teach to like, you know, to younger men. And I think, I think most older guys eventually kind of hit that point, you know, whether, whether they have, whether they have sons or not, I think like sort of the end stage of being a man is just being paternal where, yeah. You're able to, you, you're like, your life is good. Like you, you have your shit together. So like, what, what now? You know what? I actually want, do you want to like sort of, you know, raise a younger generation or just mm -hmm. teach men younger than myself? I want my knowledge yeah. to, you know, not just die with me. So then you get into that um, stage of life where like you just start trying to reach out. You start, you know, whether, whether it's a following, whether you have sons or you have kids or mm -hmm. you put, you put yourself into a position where now you can be an elder that way. Um, and that's yeah. And then at the end of your life, hopefully you can be proud of what you did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, that's always, I, I've been an atheist since I was a really, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't describe myself that way now, but I, you know, I was always an atheist as a young kid. And so to Same. me, le legacy was everything, you know, like what do you leave behind is, is everything at that point. Uh, because it's not about, you know, afterlife or whatever. It's just what you actually do while you're, while you're on the planet. And, and it's cool to hear you have that experience as well with people contacting you. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to have that, you know, for years where guys contact me like, Oh, you changed my life by the way, you know, or like, Oh, you, you know, that's, that's a pretty cool thing to have happen. Right. You know, it's, it's, a, and, it is, uh, it is. and it's, it's good that you can help people and, and send them in the right direction. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it, help them have their Chad transformation. And uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. And actually that's a, that's a good place to wrap up because we started talking about Chad and now we've come full Chad. 
We, 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 all come, we come full circle to Chad. <laughs> full circle to Chad. So, all right, man. Hey, cool, cool. I'm, I'm going to call that a wrap. But uh, is there anything else you want to, to promote or put out there? Uh, no, I mean, right now, like, if anyone wants to find my stuff, uh, AJ underscore Cortez, my website, Cortez.site. That's it. Um, I, the one thing I do publish that, like, actually is, like, where most of my information is. I have, like, a almost daily newsletter where I, I, write, I write a lot. Like, I'm a writer that way. So I, I write that every day, and it's a, it's an off fitness newsletter that's subject to range from masculinity to relationships to, you know, this kind of stuff, just pro talk. If anyone wants to like, you know, find the content, that's where mo most of it is, and that's where I keep everybody up to date as well. So I mean, that'd be that, yeah, that'd be it. Awesome, man. All right, well, thank you for coming on. Good talk, brother. Thank you for watching or listening to Start the World. You know, my personal mission is to help men become the best versions of themselves and to, to face some of the challenges that uh, we all face in the, in the 21st century. You know, it's, it's getting weird out there. Uh, so I'm having conversations with other men who are helping men face and overcome these challenges. And that's why I'm so excited about the new season of Start the World. Uh, you know, I have a lot of people scheduled. I'm going to talk to psychologists, therapists, martial artists, coaches, trainers, artists, spiritual leaders, and maybe just some, some fun weirdos. Uh, we're going to try to, to, to put out uh, an episode every week for a while, maybe 30 to 50 episodes this year. Uh, you know, I'm going to get some lavalier mics, maybe do some, uh, some in-person uh, interviews, and uh, maybe even some workout content. Uh, I think a lot of people would actually like that. Uh, you know, If you want to support this podcast or just my work generally, I am uh, I'm writing a book this year that I'm also pretty excited about. Hope, hopefully, it'll come out in the fall. Uh, I'm using Subscribestar. Uh, Subscribestar is an anti-censorship platform. Uh, you can sign up using a link in the show notes or on YouTube or just by typing in subscribestar.com slash Jack Donovan, and it should take you there. So thanks again for watching or listening to Start the World. This is Jack Donovan. Stay sober.